This is Calgary Today with Angela Cocott on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Good Wednesday afternoon, and of course it's a bit of a wet Wednesday, but we'll enjoy it in a few days when the sun comes out. You know, it seems that it's only a couple of times a year for you, maybe even only once a year, that you really focus on finances, usually around the RSP season, but thought it was a good opportunity to talk about your personal finances, and especially when it comes to financial sabotage. Have you ever heard of that, where you are doing something to sabotage your future? Kelly Keene is an award winning author of nine books, personal finance educator, consumer advocate for the Financial Planning Standards Council. She joins us today. Hello, Kelly. Good afternoon, Angela. Am I off base? Because I think a lot of people, they think about their finances maybe once, twice a year. Yeah, if that. I mean, I know I'm a bit of a financial geek, so I'm thinking about it every single day. But You know, health and wealth are so uh, tightly linked, and we know that you can't have a you know you can't have great health if you only look at it once in a while. You have the New Year's resolutions, and it's the same thing when it comes to our finances. But as you said, I know a lot of Albertans and Calgarians are going through some really tough times. Prices are always going up, incomes aren't, but there are things that we absolutely are doing uh, to sabotage ourselves financially and a little bit of awareness uh, allows us to, you know, be more mindful with our money. So I'm so happy that we're talking about this today. And even when you go back to health and wealth, if you have problems with your wealth, it's going to affect your health, right? So there's nothing like stressing over money and everything else. So I, I wanted to cover a few of these things just to put it front of mind for people. But but there's one sabotage you talk about, and it's the whole idea that you've got to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah, this is a this is a real problem. Uh, so many people look at their neighbors, they look at their friends, their colleagues, and this is the number one question I get from Canadians all the time: is how is everyone else making it? How is that friend of mine, that colleague that I think is making about the same amount? Uh, they're taking the vacations, they have the second vehicle, and. The answer is they're probably not. They're probably using uh, debt, putting it on credit. And here's, here's the big thing. If you are not working with a pro, like a certified financial planner or a banker or someone who's like, hey, I've seen the other side. I know if these people are wealthy or not. And for all of time, with the exception of really the last few decades, if you were rich, you, were, you looked rich. And if you were poor, you looked poor. But today... You absolutely cannot look at anyone and and accurately know for sure if they're doing well financially, if they're not. Uh, And and, and this keeping up with the Joneses idea, actually a University of uh, of Alberta professor, he co-authored a study on lottery winners. And what they found was for every $1,000 that someone in your neighborhood, for example, won in a lottery, your likelihood of going bankrupt increased by 2.4% for every $1,000 that that neighbor won. So the good news is your neighbor's probably not going to win the lottery, uh, but it goes to show you that it's a real thing and you just cannot look at others and compare yourself financially. But that whole idea of someone either appearing or actually having more, it may puts you in the position where you want to be in that same way and it can get you into a lot of trouble. Exactly. It's hard to resist. Like, I get it, right? It's hard. It's hard to look at everyone else doing it. It's hard to say, 
you know, we're, we're maybe sacrificing as a family or things of that sort, but we know we're on the right track or we think we are. It's, um, it, it, it's a challenging society and there's temptation everywhere, which doesn't make it any easier either. And, you know, when you look at how long interest rates have been so low, we've got generations growing up thinking that, what are you talking about? 18, 19% interest rates. So it, it's hard to be able to get through to young adults that it isn't always going to be this good for interest rates as far as lending. Well, you make such a good point. And uh, here's a stat. Right now, for every dollar that we're bringing in of disposable income, Canadians owe $1.67. So to put that in perspective, just like you were saying, back in the 1980s, for every dollar we brought in, we only owed 66 cents. Hmm. Now, because interest rates were double digit, it no one in their right mind would be taking lines of credit on their home, uh, you know, to go <laughs> and renovate their kitchen or check off their bucket list at, at 30 or 40 or 50. But you're right. Like, that's also something I hear from so many people is that money's free. It's cheap. Why not live and have some fun? Because they're just looking at servicing the debt, right? It's only a couple hundred dollars a month or something of that sort, but not realizing, okay, even if interest rates didn't move, you've got to pay that money back. At some point, they're going to have to move. And you know what? They don't have to move that much for it to be devastating for a lot of people to pay back that debt. And then lastly, you've got a future you. You've got a you that you have a responsibility for in 10 years and 20 years and 30 years. And your decisions today are going to affect that future you. And, uh, you know, do you want to be settled with debt in retirement or, or be saving and, and, and be set? But these, you're right, they're hard, they're hard questions. We don't really sit down a lot of times uh, to, to explore them. Yeah, the real idea of wants versus needs, but it's harder in today's society when things seem a little bit easier. All right, we got to keep going on to um, some of the other things that people are saying. Okay, where else do I possibly sabotage my finances? And this one, maybe you're targeting women, but you're talking about not negotiating your salary. Yeah, this is a big one. I mean, for men too, but more so for women. There's a book that I absolutely love called Women Don't Ask. They're U.S. authors, but it still applies to us here in Canada. And uh, they talk about the fact that women graduating with master's degrees, okay, are only negotiating 5% of the, the time their starting salary. Men are negotiating eight times as much. Now, they're still not at 100%, so they can do better too, but they estimate that that one misstep in a woman's life not negotiating just that starting salary, which then, you know, uh, keeps going on. She's leaving on the table during her working lifetime over a million dollars. Talk about, you know, uh, not even knowing that you're sabotaging something so important in your life and your career. But we're polite Canadians. We're not taught negotiating skills a lot of times in school. And even when you know, people are taught. It's it's a very different converse, difficult conversation to have. So, um, you know, uh, again, when we when we think about our health, we go and we get help. We get personal trainers and doctors and 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 wellness consultants. But we don't when it comes to our money, uh, which can really hold us back too and be another way of sabotaging our financial well being. And considering what our current job market's like, it's even more difficult to feel like you're going to go in and try to negotiate for this first job and maybe not get it. Kelly, we've got to take a break here, but afterwards I want to get into some more of the, the ways that we sabotage our financial lives.
thought it was a good opportunity to maybe just take stock of our finances. Kelly Keene is an author of nine books, personal finance educator, and she's come up with a list of the ways people sabotage their financial lives. Kelly, maybe you can expand on something we talked about before the break, the whole idea of using your home equity as an ATM. Yeah, and I mean, if your listeners were lucky enough to buy uh, when housing prices were were a lot lower and and built up that equity. And a lot of people do look at it like, hey, that equity's built up and it's something that I can take take out for fun things, renovating the kitchen, you know, uh, traveling, taking off the bucket list. But you still need to pay that money back. And as we're talking before the commercial break, if interest rates go up, my goodness, they don't have to go up a lot. Uh, th- that has a huge effect. Plus, saving for that future you for retirement, maybe helping out the kids, saving for their RESP. This is the wrong thing to do is to just look at it as as money that can be spent. So you need to sit down, you need to figure out a financial plan either on your own or with a professional and uh, and, and, and really discourage yourself from looking at it uh, as if it were just something to take out like an, like an ATM. I know it's hard for people to wrap their head around saving for emergencies because uh, a lot of Albertans are just saying, I'm just trying to make it through one month to the next, especially if they've been faced with job loss. But th- that is an important thing to be able to set something aside for an emergency then? Yeah, absolutely. This is a tough time for people in Alberta and Calgary. And But this emergency savings, this is like the number one first rule of financial planning is you've got to have at least three to six months liquid available. If you're really good with credit, it can be available in the form of a line of credit. That's all right. If you're not, make sure it's, you know, just saved up in the bank. Um, But how do you do that? And some people are really struggling. So, um, you know, you need someone on your side, like a CFP, like a financial planner, if if you are struggling that much. Maybe you need to reach out to someone like a nonprofit credit counselor to get some help. But here's the takeaway. Last week and a couple of months ago, another survey came out that echoed exactly the same thing. And they said that half of Canadians are $200 away from not being able to pay their bills. That number is probably higher in Alberta. It's a really scary thing. That means that Canadians do not have adequate emergency savings. And if you have a very specialized career, maybe you need more than three to six months. Maybe you need six months plus. So the, the, the message here is you really have to sit down as a family and, and it may be, you know, I'm always talking about choice and awareness, not sacrifice. Just like with our calories that we ingest, we have our financial calories. However, when it comes to building up this emergency savings plan, you need to do whatever is possible to get that, um, you know, um, beefed up. And and we're hearing in the news about all these floods in central Canada. Calgary had the floods not that long ago. I, I would also encourage your, your listeners that now is a great time to figure out how much cash should you have, right? If the, if the ATMs go down or it's a long weekend coming up and you couldn't get access to credit. So um, not just the emergency savings, but just some good old-fashioned, tried-and-true um, things that are just, you know, make really good financial sense, like how much cash do you have in your your purse, your home, um, important questions to ask for sure. And that's funny because if you ask me that right now, wait a minute, I think I've got $20, but I rarely have cash. So a good reminder for me to make sure I have some access to some cash. And even going back to if you're in a specialized field, you're saying have a long, a, a bigger reserve because it might take you longer to get back in the workforce? 
Absolutely. I mean, this really was kind of, I think, old numbers, like the three to six month savings, uh, you know, having that liquid. I'm talking to so many people in specialized fields or things have been disrupted. Uh, Industries, literally within, you know, look at the oil patch, like how quickly things can change. And it's taking a lot longer for things to recover. Now, maybe you could find any kind of a job, but if you really wanted to hold out, how long could your savings carry you? And yeah, you have to look at what that means for your family. Uh, More and more people are self-employed or now being hired on contract basis. So I think that cushion needs to even be, yeah, maybe six months to a year. A lot of experts are are saying that it should actually be that, uh, have that much of a cushion in your financial life. And I know I said that a lot of people listening, they may not have a job and they're saying, what, I have to set aside for an emergency savings. But if you were able to start this a few years back, then when you are in those periods without a job, at least, you know, you've got something to draw on. So it's a a good reminder for that as well. And uh, finally, let's just uh, finish one more when it comes to financial sabotage. It comes down to what you're driving, it seems. For some people, it really does. I mean, you cannot, I don't think you can get away without, most people can't get away without having a car in Alberta. It's pretty tough. But uh, getting into a new vehicle too often, that's a big financial sabotage. I mean, the second you drive it off the lot, you we know you're losing hundreds if not thousands of dollars. And so often, personal finance experts are saying, look, you've you got to scrimp and save. You, you shouldn't have those small indulgences like your morning latte because that's going to kill your retirement. Well, it's big things like that that can actually kill your retirement. Getting into a car too often, a new car Far too often, uh, not you know, not shopping around for something and sticking with it for a while, um, but. Hey, at the end of the day, if you love your vehicles and you're willing to give up the small sacrifices, that might be fine. Um, But, you know, just like it's about crunching the numbers. It's about being more mindful and figuring out what's important to you and your family. And like you said at the top of this interview, just taking a little time more often than once or twice a year to look at your finances and, and figure out your financial goals. Is there an ideal time when you're thinking about replacing a vehicle and ideally replacing a vehicle with one that's one or two years old? Well, I mean, and that's the thing. You really have to look at what works for you. Like, can you get around with some of the car sharing um, services out there? Uh, Certainly, you know, even things like negotiating a great deal, doing your research, that can save you hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. And I mean, it depends what you do for a living, if you really need a reliable vehicle, but there's more and more of them that have longer, um, you know, warranties and things of that sort and bells and whistles that makes it Uh, you know, gives you the opportunity to hold on to it for longer. But also Canadians are getting into a lot of trouble with uh, having, you know, car loans that are extending past when their their actual car is being traded in. So certainly, uh, you know, you want to put it uh, into perspective and what works for your family. Kelly, thanks for this. Good reminders. Angela, thanks so much. And Kelly's website is Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y, Keen, K-E-E-H-N.com, KellyKeen.com. Have yourself a good day. Thanks, you too.
And let's see here. We've got a couple of minutes and I've got a number of texts coming in. 403-974-8255. Because I'd like to uh, carry this over into our next half hour for a bit, especially when it comes to financial strategies. And I know Kelly talked more about financial sabotage and I'm getting a lot of texts from uh, people who are in pretty tough situations right now and the whole idea of even saving for an emergency down the road. It's too late for them now. And uh, that's one thing that's really difficult. But is there any financial advice that someone gave you that maybe you can pass along to our listeners that has really helped you? And uh, um, I know many years ago I shared the story of the my father and credit cards. And he said, definitely get a credit card. And I remember thinking, really? You want me to get a credit card? But he said, you've got to put $100 a month on it and pay it off. What you know, Keep uh, nothing more than $100 so that you can start to establish a, a credit rating. And I think the biggest lesson from that was I I thought, oh my gosh, credit cards. I I hear of people getting into such trouble. But he said, use it responsibly and make sure you never carry a debt. So that is one piece of financial advice that has always stuck with me. 403-974-8255 would love to hear some financial advice that either someone gave you or you want to pass along because I do think especially when I'm reading uh, some of these texts here that people have been out of work for a long time and they're just wondering how can I get uh, ahead of the game even in such dire consequences, dire situations maybe just some suggestions will will help them out. Uh, One person here says, though, Ange, I paid my mortgage off nine years ago with an inheritance. I'm not exaggerating when I say I get a sales call from my bank at least six times a year. They're constantly trying to get me to borrow against my house. And uh, and as you heard Kelly say, you don't want to use your home equity as an ATM, which uh, I haven't really thought of. I haven't been in a situation where I want to use my home equity. But again, it's that whole idea of unless, of course, it's a, you know something that you really need. But if it's uh, just want to update the kitchen, maybe that's not a, a good use of those that equity. 403-974-8255. We'll take a break for news. I've got some calls coming in. If you can hang on, great. But uh, I, I like to be able to help out other listeners and myself when it comes to finances. I'm Angela Cocott. You're listening to Calgary Today. We're back after this. Calgary Today with Angela Cocott. Weekdays at 3 on News Talk 770 Calgary.